perfect. <laughs> Flawless. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to Is This Art Good, the podcast where we attempt to give a fair shot at things that might not be so good. Where we attempt to play Nickelback over an internet call. This is the second part of our three-part uh, arc yeah. <laughs> of episodes featuring our good friend Andrew. He's on the call with us. Um, Andrew, first of all, thanks for doing this. It makes me happy. Yeah, thanks, bud. Thanks for having me. I've been uh, very excited about this. I haven't seen you in a fucking, oh, what, year and a half? Yep, about that. A year and two, almost two, I guess. No, a year. No, no. No, I saw last, you last Two summers last ago. August. Yeah. Yeah. True. So, yeah, I think this is really nice for me personally because I just, this, these are like my two of my favorite people in the world. So, we're going to have a lot of fun this this part. Um, but very quickly, I just wanted to say the third part uh, of our three-part, three-parter with Andrew is going to be released next weekend. Uh, as opposed to with this one. But you already obviously know that if you're looking and you're like, they said three fucking parts, these idiots. There's only two parts out. Well, now... Fucking can't even count. If you would just listen for 15 seconds... Okay, it's probably more like a minute or two, whatever. If you just listen, you would know that this is... It's coming out next week. So don't worry. We didn't forget about Dream Daddy. Uh, We just wanted to give a little bit more time... We could never forget. ...for all of us to absorb the level of quality that that game is. Yeah. So let's get into it. Nickelback. All the right reasons. Uh, Alphonse, this was your assignment. So you're going to lead the the conversation on this one. Yeah, I kind of hate that this album is called All the Raw or sorry, All the Right Reasons. And then the song, the second song in is called All the Wrong Reasons. It's just it's not good. Wait, isn't it actually called Fight for All the Wrong Reasons? It yeah it's it's fight for all the wrong reasons yeah sorry that's what it is yeah come on so yeah I guess like everyone's familiar with Nickelback because like haha look at this at this graph but particularly in Canada like Nickelback would be more prevalent than anywhere else because of uh, Maple that we talked about before it's true. They might be, I think they're a band that kind of broke that, though. They go above and beyond, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. They're big in the States, for sure. But why did yeah. you give us this, Andrew? <laughs> well, um, you know, I think I mentioned this in the the episode when I introduced these. I think um, my, my favorite thing is I like Canadian bands, and it's really cool when you can go see a, a band for like five or ten bucks, and it's a band that's like well-known across the country, but it's usually relatively cheap and it's very local and accessible and, you know, just something about it. I think it's fun and weird. Something weird about Canadian rock I think is cool. So I figured I'd... And Nickelback definitely fills that role, right? (laughs) (laughs) They're the one that got away. The one that... Do you mean escaped? That's been... No, Um, no. Everyone who's not a Nickelback fan is the one who got away from Nickelback. Fair. But yeah, so I, I kind of wanted to, um, you know, we talked in the last episode when we talked about um, uh, Sloan's Twice Removed, how some people regarded it one of the best like Canadian albums ever. And, you know, it, it, I don't think it's, it sold that much, but this album's like, what, like nine times platinum or something like that? Like, yeah. 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 This is a massive, very, very well known album with a lot of well known songs on it. Got a lot of hits. And the production on these two albums couldn't be more different, I don't think, you know? Yeah. I think the 
the light indie high school rock, like very roomy production that was on the last album we reviewed is very, very different from the crazy sheen and compressed sparkle of all the right reasons. Very true. Yeah. And, well, yeah. and it's also, I think, I think if I'm not mistaken, this is the album that made everyone hate Nickelback. You know, it was the song Rockstar that really was like, that is fucking garbage. Like that was the one that that did it, I think, huh. which is interesting to me because that is so different from the rest of the album, the even the album. still. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think, too, I think what kind of made people start hating this, hating Nickelback for sure was this album. But I think a lot of it was because at this point, I think it's like their fifth record. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah. And um, I think they had maybe people thought they were kind of formulaic at this point. They kind of knew they're kind of niches. The, the two, they kind of, I think this album has two types of songs on it for the most part. It's got the acoustic ballads that are literally just the cleanest, like your like yep. pop radio is like, it just would eat it up. You know what I mean? Just crazy yes. clean. And those three songs are so similar at some points. And um, I mean, there's more than three. I think there's a few on it. I, I think they kind of repeat themselves. And I think one of the, the previous, the big single off the last album before this one, I think was a very clean radio poppy song too. And I think one of the ones off this one, it's almost like an identical song and concept too. So I think people were saying like, they kind of just figured out what would sell and they kind of just went for that. But I think also the other half of this record is it's like a weird, like misogynistic, like metal. (laughs) It is. That's thing. exactly what it is. It's a, it's a mis- yeah yeah. It's like a thrash metal album. It's a misogynist. No, there's like death metal in here. Like, <laughs> it's it's a metal record for the most part. I mean, you know Side I mean? of a Bullet yeah. is literally a death metal song. Yeah. Well, it's a it's a Pantera song. Yeah. Yeah yeah. It's literally the riff. I didn't I didn't really. We'll get into that song. When we get there. But yeah, yeah this we'll album is it's you know it's like half metal, half like acoustic pop, but it all blends together. Yeah, perfect. It's like it's it's it seems this this album has a I would say a better flow to it than the last one we just reviewed for sure. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Yeah, and it was it their first flows. album with a new drummer, uh, which kicks off the whole fucking record with like, hello, we have a new drummer. Here he is. <laughs> and it's it's a really fucking cool, heavy, like, rhythm. If, like, like polyrhythm if, thing, right? Yeah, this was also, I think, their first um, Roadrunner Records label. Yes. Album too, right? Who is a, which is a metal label, yeah. primarily. Yeah. Which is hilarious. Like, I think Slipknot was on Roadrunner and like, mm-hmm. yeah. It's kind of an odd thing. Well, you can feel like a Metallica influence a lot as well, especially in like the first song, Follow You Home. There's like parts where he's like, yeah, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's just, yes, that was, that's just that's Metallica. <laughs> yes. But it's strange. Yeah. It's strange, too, because like his voice, Chad Kroger's voice, it, it like borders on country, right? So it's like this yeah. disjoint between like these heavy, like, yeah. Metallica style, and I mean the dr- I think the drumming is better than a lot of Metallica's drumming. Let's fucking oh, yeah. if we're just yeah. I'm gonna level with you. But then it's like it. What makes it so radio pop is his voice, is this twang that he's got. You know what I mean? It's like the perfect rasp with like between like yep. the Chris Cornells of the world, the Kurt Cobain's, Kurt yeah. Cobain's, Chad Kroger. Yeah. 
he can clean hit those notes and he can cleanly hit those notes you know I, well it's not even because there's a lot of there's definitely some heavy auto tune on these but it's like i've he, he, in live videos though i haven't seen nickelback live but in live videos they perform very well yeah and he can sing these songs you know it's never like it's not like uh what was that band uh earlier this year another grungy kind of band some 90s band uh puddle of mud i think Oh. Like a, oh god they did like a nirvana cover and everyone was like this is just the worst thing ever but i, I think, think i puddle think puddle of mud is the worst band name two d's yeah two d's <laughs> two d's well and you know what nickelback also did a cover of metallica's four horsemen which i remember seeing in when i was in like grade nine or something yeah. and i was like and this is sick and it's like they do a better <laughs> job than metallica does yeah it. he can he can really he does like a really good raspy voice for sure i think i think after nirvana and kurt cobain um there's just a lot of people doing the raspy voice in different forms whether it's like pearl jam audio slit like audio, like like heavier yeah. bands you know what i mean yep. they're all kind of just like picking up stuff like that mm-hmm. and definitely and like that kind of led to like creed and those kind of like that you wow but my friend Matt Fairchild, uh, my ex uh, co-worker, would call a yurtle band. The guys who do the yurtle. <laughs> a yurtle band. <laughs> so there's something about like a, the Chad Krogery, the uh, the theory of a dead man voice, like yur. <laughs> oh, there's yeah, like a twang, yeah. but it's like a, <laughs> yeah, like a heavy. I, I, I get what you're saying. A heavy twang. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like a tw- yeah. There's something like trucker about it, you know. Yeah, and that's the yeah. James Hetfield comparison, I think, too. But yes. Definitely. Yeah. And I think they and they they're very open about their Metallica influences too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think they almost kind of this is kind of like their I feel like take on like the Black Album sometimes because I feel like the Black Album had a lot of big heavy produced ballad songs which were weird for Metallica at the time too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. They would have like one ballad per record kind of thing leading up to it and they were a primarily heavy band, but then Black Album they kind of were like, "Eh, we can we can there's like three I think on that album." Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. go into the more with the groove stuff too. So I think they definitely kind of wear their Metallica influences on their sleeve too. That's interesting. Um, did you know that "Follow You Home" is four minutes and twenty seconds long? Fucking blaze so, it! I'll be up to that. <laughs> Just starting off the album on a good foot. You know, um, this song is—it's like there's like uh, I don't know. It's like rapey vibes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, it's very stalkery. It's like I'm. It doesn't matter if. You like me. You can slap me in the face, but I'm still going to show up at your house at night. Like, hmm, I don't know about that, Mr. Nickelback. It's like, tell your brothers I'm in town. Like, I don't I don't care. Like, I'll fight them. Whatever. <laughs> I'll take them. Yeah. And I mean, like, that continues as a theme throughout this album for yes. sure. But it's weird because it is profane. It is vulgar, but it's still, but it doesn't ever say fuck or shit. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like, yep. It's always it's always radio friendly enough and to the point where that seems so intentional. And it's like, yeah, I hate that. I want it to be more over the top than it is. If it's going to if it's <laughs> going to do this, if it's going to do this and like say some of the shit that it says, I want it to be like, yeah, I'm going to fucking kill that guy. <laughs> like I'm like, I'm going to fucking cut that guy's head off if he hits <laughs> on <told> you. <laughs> <laughs> I want it to go that far because musically it I feels like it's going that far. Band. That's Death Clock. If at that point, like <laughs> that's the problem, though, isn't it? I think the thing is too. It cleans it cleans itself up enough where it it will portray itself to a certain subset of people who may be like, I want Chad Kroger to follow me home. You know what I mean? 
I think that's what the yeah, point was yeah. for this. Yes. You know, like I genuinely like that's an actual point. I feel like there's a there, certain subset of people who are like, this is a yes, this is what I want. <laughs> like Chad Kroger. They're, they're definitely selling him as like a bad boy who like there's literally a song about like fixing him yeah uh later in the album and it's just like okay you're trying real hard to sell the sex appeal of this like weird hockey bro looking dude yeah and i think that's what it was they try to sell him as this weird like it's there's definitely some like Something about this whole album where they're trying to sell Chad Kroger to people he's, is what I feel. He's a badass though. He's he's got his car he's and he's he's got his chick in the side of the car, you know? And like he's just driving around being a rock star and being an Don't animal. Don't want to fuck Chad Kroger. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so oh, I think my favorite part though, just without a doubt, is just that middle section of the song where it's just like the breakdown happens. He's like, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. And it kind of goes into the there's like a weird filtery part on his voice at one part and he's like you can dig me da, da, da. you know what oh, I mean like, yeah. <laughs> and like there's like a bass groove to it and it's like really like supposed to be like sexy they like to do the soft filtered out chorus before the last chorus that's a yeah that's a big yeah. one that they use on this a lot you know it's funny how much like like the instrumentation and the song structure of this it's like very clearly radio in that like it does sound really good it flows really well like there's like enough going on that it's not boring ever no yeah i agree it's it yeah, yeah. Th- th- i think honestly this song like the lyrics are what ruins this song like melodically there's for sure huge hooks in it you know there's yep. a big yep. big drop in the chorus like all these different cool parts like that that vo- vocal effect would be really cool if it was just a different line and stuff like that you know what i mean like the- yeah I think I think we'll see that as a as a recurring theme is that it's the lyrics that ruin it or it's the timbre of his voice that ruins it yeah. specifically. And I think mm-hmm. like his voice is good on some of their other stuff. And I would say that like some of the choruses are actually like w- really well written in terms of like flowing and yeah. kind of like complementing the music, but it like the lyrics specifically like what the words the subject matter is is just like okay yeah we get it cool it's very male yeah but it's Mm -hmm. that's interesting too because the lyrics are bad but there are a lot of lyrics and they're very diverse (laughs) lyrics which i think is strange it's like it seems like he has a lot to say about really inane (laughs) useless and yeah definitely misogynistic subjects and it's like doesn't that seem odd to you you know we were talking about sloan being uh one of sloan's songwriters being kind of verbose and this isn't necessarily verbose but a lot of it's like like it's almost rappy very delivered i think if chad kroger was like born like five or ten years later he would be like in some kind of limp biscuit style band instead yeah he was there were this is they were no but they were when nickelback came out is when limp biscuit also came out. same same sort of for sure but he would have heard it is is my point? He would have been, been influenced. Like, yeah, by I it. can do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the thing in a song like in a song like Animals, you know that like da 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 is like <laughs> I think that's sick. I think that's a fucking great like rhythmic. There's a great punch to it, and oh, it's yeah. like I'm fucking this yeah. chick in a car. Her dad found out. <laughs> yeah. Well, specifically, <laughs> specifically that uh, that verse has like really good lyrical flow. There's like 
there's like interior rhymes in the later parts of that verse and it's just like oh this fucking this kind of rules but like it's just about the dumbest like most like masculine fantasy bullshit we'll get there <laughs> that's yeah. down the line okay. a little bit yeah. but um i think in my favorite part in uh follow you home i don't will not be able to do it but he's like that <gasps> <laughs> he really just does like this yeah. long ooh thing and it just yeah ooh, you hear him like you literally hear him like opening up you know what i mean like something like, Dude, picture just, like just, oh i want chad kroger to open up for me i oh, picture like a, God, a, a, a weird venus fly trappy thing just going like and then it's like he comes back with this chorus and hits you in the face the edges of his mouth continue to split all the way down his neck until his torso just hangs open. And <laughs> he's just making that sound. And he lets out the fucking demon that's actually inside him. Yeah. I think this is a well-produced song, though. Yeah, for sure. What about Fight for All the Wrong Reasons? Yeah. Oh, man. This song sucks. This song but sucks. Like- <laughs> I, think, uh, I think what's cool, what they did well in it, though, is I always think a second track on an album should kind of just hit you in the face and kind of yes. just continue and they just do yeah. that really well i think yes for sure but i think it's 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 like a crappier version of the first song though <laughs> almost it is yeah but the vocal melody in this and his voice just great on me and this song in particular just grates on me like nails on a chalkboard huh. i feel like in the verses there's so much auto-tune and harmonies happening they should have just cut out the harmonies and just had his voice happening yeah you know what i mean because everything the instrumentation was really bare in the verse i think it's mostly just like a bass shit happening but then it's he has like so much like it the voice was supposed to be very upfront and bare there like it's supposed to be very like present to you but there's so much happening too and there's nothing much happening with anything else that you can really tell there's like a lot of effects on the voice that just are bad that's true yeah, it's very, like, overproduced at points. Yes. Yeah. But what I love in this song is that bridge riff. I mentioned this, uh, mentioned I had a death clock comparison to make. The bridge in this is like the crackish. Yeah. And it's like... How's the bridge go in this song? Like that. Oh, yeah. And just picks up out of nowhere. You're so right. Yeah. And it's literally like, awaken, 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 awaken. Yeah. Okay. But then it goes from that to this weird, like, pop thing where it's like, there's like all, it's just like acapella, isn't it? It's like, I guess it wasn't what I wanted. It wasn't really what I thought. It's all these different, it sounds like falling voices. It's really weird. It's like just like someone did that in a computer, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're like, how do we make this song like have something that isn't just like this? Like it, it has to have something going on. And the guy was like, let's throw in this really quick death clock, just blast bridge. And then I'm going to just chop <laughs> up your voice and it's going to be this weird orchestral thing. And we're just going to go back into it. <laughs> yeah. But see, this is the thing like, and we, you mentioned a little bit before the, um, the fact that there were seven singles on this album. There's only 11 songs. Right? There's only four songs that didn't make it to radio. And I have it here. <laughs> the singles from this album in order were Photograph, Animals, Saving Me, Far Away, Rockstar, If Everyone Cared, and then Side of a Bullet. But that was only released to rock radio in the US. So mm. even that. So this one, obviously, for good reason, for all the right reasons, <laughs> was not a single, I would say. Um mm-hmm. But even the singles are like, yep, here are all the songs that are not like the album. 
Yep. Except they're like half the album. They're all the, well, it is half the album because that's six songs, five songs. That's it. (laughs) So let's take all the soft ones. And those are the radio songs. And the other ones are ones that we want to write because this is the kind of band we are, except we're not that kind of band. Yeah. It's really, yeah. Right. The psychology behind that is kind of fascinating in a way. It's interesting. I don't have much else on this one though. I think. Look at this photograph. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited to talk about photograph. Yeah, me too. Andrew, you go okay. ahead. Okay, okay. So I'm just gonna preface this by saying I definitely like listened to this album a lot when I was like 10 when it came out. This okay. is like my mom's favorite band, Nickelback. So Straight you up. look in a photograph and you see yourself listening to Nickelback. <laughs> Sometimes, no. <laughs> I definitely had this album and I had like a, a Walkman and you put my you put your CD into it. I yeah. listen to this album front to back all the time. Thought it was sick when I was like 10. I kind of picked up on some of the innuendos, but was kind of like, eh, didn't really care. It's just fucking, yeah, just slaps. It's yeah. got good hooks. I'm like, this is good, you know, things I care about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, so I think as soon as I got to, I had really haven't listened to this album in like 15, like probably like 14 years or so, right? So I think yeah. when I actually went to sit down and listen to this album this last week, it was kind of like, oh my gosh, like definitely nostalgic, but I think this song is <laughs> definitely like, I haven't actually listened to this song, like other than like the meme and stuff like that, like actually listen to the song to be like, okay, we're going to listen to this Nickelback song in so long. <laughs> so this is so interesting. Going to listen to Photograph. Yeah. It's like, I think now I'm at the point where it's like, I'm the target audience for this song. Yes. Do you guys agree? <laughs> Yeah. Yes. So actually, first, minor correction to what you just said. You and I listened to this album together uh, at my and Alphonse's place in Ottawa, circa 2014. We put this on. (laughs) And that was actually the first time I listened to this all the way through. I never listened to it when I was young. But I did hear all of the radio singles. And Photograph? Yeah, 100%. Remember what I said about me fucking loving nostalgia? This one just does it for me. I'm like, this song is so fucking good. It's so feelsy. It's so (laughs) fun. This is a great song. Yeah. This like... I there's a good reason why this is like a radio banger yes. and like it is just actually like I would say this is legitimately a good song. Yep. I and like honestly, I, I didn't feel that way until this last week. I w- did not think that. For whatever reason, oh, I yeah. hadn't I hadn't been able to really listen to this and say like objectively like how I f- I'm like even then it's like I need to sit down with headphones and sometimes just be like take it in myself, you know what I mean? And I feel yeah. like this week I was like yep. I yep. get this song. I have heard this song for 15 years. <laughs> like, like literally, I listened to this song, like, and I didn't really like this song when I was a kid. This isn't one no. of the ones I gravitated towards as a kid. Yeah. I was like, that's like the worst, one of the worst songs of the album. Well, because you don't get it. This is the thing that's so interesting because we form a memory of this song as a kid. Mm-hmm. And this song is about looking back at being a kid. Yeah. So we're like <laughs> one step removed from that where we look back on ourselves as kids listening to this song that's about being a kid it's cyclical. and you're like huh oh. it's yeah it's cyclical but it's also it makes it more poignant yeah i think it makes it more like Did you say you're twice removed yeah twice removed it's generational well and like i i feel like <laughs> i don't really i don't have as strong of an experience as like andrew obviously with this album and like to me this was just kind of a song that was on and like most of my memory of it is like it being a meme right but like yeah, legitimately listening to it and like paying attention to it and not not conflating it with that whole idea of it. 
like I was like, oh, this is like a good song with like a clever narrative framing device for the lyrics, you know, like Mm -hmm. like writing wise and not just like musically like I was I was actually quite impressed and kind of expecting just to be like, haha, dumb meme. No, I mean, absolutely. You know, things do become memes for reasons. And Mm -hmm. sometimes Sometimes. things become memes because they're stupid. Sometimes things become memes because they're good. This is a weird intersection of that because Nickelback as a whole sucks. Not as a whole, not (laughs) as a whole. On the whole, largely, is not good. Hate having Nickelback on the whole. Yeah, rub it on the whole. This is an interesting (laughs) example of like something that, you know, if it was by a different band for example. But also, I think his voice really lends itself to this song. It's perfect for the song. It's not too twangy in this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's a problem for me is the twang. I'm not a country guy. He backs off the twang. He backs off the twang in this one. Very, like, very straight notes. Yeah. It's a song you could, like, really lean into that twang for as well because it's, it is, like, this acoustic, like, they could have gone full country with this instead and gone a whole other direction. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, one thing that hit me this time, uh, listening to it, like listening just to the production of it, is how the vocals in this song specifically on this album are produced. I find there's almost like a, I don't know if it's just the, like the melodyne or whatever, mm-hmm. but there's almost like this glass case around Chad's voice in this song. It, I think it's <laughs> it's some kind of like modulator or something. There's always, yeah. And there's always a harmony. Yeah. So there's always two voices, right? But it sounds like one. Yeah. And it makes that like sparkle. It's quite literally the pop sparkle. Yeah. yeah. It's the, yeah. like the vocals on this song cut through so well. That's what I like. It hits you like, oh, yeah. like a freaking cannon when the chorus comes in and there's all the other voices and stuff. It's like, and I don't think I really like I knew the song, but I think in the chorus, I didn't really know the lyrics either. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. There's some kind of the photo album spread out on the bedroom floor. I don't think I really paid attention to what he was saying there before until this time. And I was kind of like, that's really clever. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. think I picked up on the cleverness of the song before, but I really it's did. It's very this clever. Time. And you know what else it does? It still has that same rappy. Right? Yeah. He's, he's very melodic and very rhythmic. There's almost like a rambling aspect to like their choruses mm-hmm. that like, it, it just keeps kind of like going and he doesn't really, like, it feels like the words are just kind of pouring out as opposed to, like, enunciating specific lines. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that's a strength or do you think that's just, like, a an interesting originality? I think it's a strength in this song in particular and, like, varied reaction to it in other songs. But, like, I would almost point to being, like, one of the two types of choruses that Nickelback does mm-hmm. where, like, it's either that rambling thing or it's, like, very brief uh phrases like uh i think animals has like examples of that just acting like we're animals yeah yeah and that's good yeah i i I would like to go to animals um i have a an interesting first uh little (laughs) little little take on this one ready so in photograph all right he says kim's the first girl i kissed i was so nervous that i nearly missed right and what if uh it's the same kim that Eminem always raps about <laughs> and animals and photograph are a pair of songs about a love quadrangle between Eminem, Kim, Chad Kroger and Eminem's daughter. And the girl is 
Eminem's daughter in Animals, and Chad Kroger Lee kisses her mom, and then her mom goes and has the kid with Eminem, and then Chad Kroger gets with the kid later on and goes and messes around by the railroad tracks, and Eminem finds them. Devin, you've connected the dots. You've solved the That's Da Vinci it. code. <laughs> Give me a fucking phone call, Tom Hanks. The the Eminem chi right. code. Close her up, guys. <laughs> well, think about it. Think about this. Think about this. You can imagine going to the store. Okay, going to the store. All right, I'll have a pack of M and M's. That's ninety five cents. Here's a dollar. Have your nickel back. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> oh, Animals. Man. Yeah, I could see it. That could happen. I guess. Dun, 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 dun. Did all of you guys know someone in high school who'd be like, yeah, I can play Animals by Nickelback on drums? No. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I learned Never Again on guitar, though. That was a good riff. I couldn't even sing that song. Yeah, I don't remember it. Not my Nickelback. This is my Nickelback. Yeah, I know. That's a good song. Um, Yeah, the drumming on this song is nuts. Yeah, very upbeat. And like like you guys were saying before, the, the rhythmic verses and stuff. Like, this song is a cool song. Like, the lyrics are just so, so freaking cheesy. But it's like... There's something about the chorus that it almost feels like a circle. Do 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 It's like let's go. Whoa! It's like you're on like this yeah. roller coaster. Yeah. Get in, get in, get in. It's like I think what it's they like do you're driving really well at night. Yeah, yeah. It's literally that's what they. I think they're very good at chaining like five really catchy things together to make a song. And I think this is a really good example of that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. There's like five sections to the song and they kind of just repeat and all the words are very just like you can super clear you can hear every single lyric there's nothing hidden you know what i mean it's just very in your face super rhythmic really catchy like and they just beat those parts in and that's a nickelback song <laughs> to me um did you guys know that the cover for the single for this is just two rhinos silhouetted behind like a or in front of a sunset and they're just fucking wow beautiful that's what the song is <laughs> like, about really creative and cool the songs that he says i'm driving black on black that's two black rhinoceroses that zookeepers are trying to breed <laughs> to keep the population from going extinct but breeding them with chad yeah this song's actually a pro it's actually a pro pita song <laughs> yeah yeah Yay. it's about chad kroger getting blown by it's a from the, in his car <laughs> it's from the perspective of the like aggressive abusive zookeeping scientist who's trying to get them to fuck and he's like go on get in there you fucker <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what the fuck <laughs> so good uh, uh, I don't have anything yeah, else to say yeah about that's this. fine it, I just wanted to say like I feel like um, yeah like the it, it's this weird phenomenon with these songs where like the uh, pacing of the lyrics and like the way that they're used in the song, I find I like, but like, I just don't care for like the masculine fantasy that is like conveyed by the actual like meaning of the lyrics. Right. Yeah. Like, it's just like, okay, cool. You're getting a blowy and you're fucking driving a car. Like it, it, it feels very like edgelord, like early aughts edgelord. Like, <laughs> oh, you know, he's in like a big muscle car, like a Mustang. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's just he's so fucking tough and cool. Or a, or a Dodge Charger. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's not quite as cool as a Mustang. No. What this song does well <laughs> is I think it just they're very good at like being visual lyricists. Like, I feel like they just paint a picture. This song does 
very well. Oh, I can picture him getting just a, getting some fucking roadhead. I can picture it, buddy. Yeah. yeah Sometimes yeah. they're more subtle. This is like the least. There's no yeah. innuendo no. really. No, here. no, no, not at all. This is the giving the dog a bone yeah. of this album. Every album's yep. got one. You just have to find it. Shame, shame. <laughs> I'm going to say it. Quote me on that. Every album has an equivalent song to giving the dog a bone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. What was the one on Impossible Kid, Devin? Fucking rabies. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't know. Leave me alone. The one about the ice. The one about the ice cream with the neck tattoo. There you go. Saving me. Yeah. Saving. It's so fucking three days grace, detuned acoustic, so 2005. Like, it just is what it is. Do you know what this song is, though? What? Do you know the song Someday by Nickelback? Yeah, on the previous album. This is the one you were talking about earlier. Somehow, gonna make it all right, but not right now. It's like the same. These, if you put these two songs like on top of each other, I think people have done this. They're the <laughs> actual like same song. Like the pro- progressions are the same. They're weirdly about like the same thing. It's like a "Would you save me if I was gonna? My life's falling <laughs> apart. Would you be my savior?" Kind of vibe in both of them. I think they both had really similar videos. Boy. Can you fix me? Nickelback same key, playing same key, same like same yeah. key, same progression, stuff like that. Like the movements in the chorus are the same, the same tempo, like everything about it. This was also my favorite song off this album when I was a kid, for sure. I was like, <laughs> I, I like I said, I eat up the just poppy crap. So I'm like, this one without a doubt is just like, here's like three hooks and we'll just throw them in. Yeah, just and this one's so deep. I hated this song. It's probably my least favorite one now. Yeah. It's the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, this single. Yeah. This one was everywhere Let's for a see. while. Jeez. Ah, oh, jeez. Yeah. No, jeez. Devin, if you're going to say that next contestant is worse, I would posit that that song is extremely entertaining, yeah. if bad. Yeah. It, that one's great. <laughs> I, well, see, no, I, see, I was going to say, what I was going to say was looking at the song list here, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure we're already past all the ones I enjoyed. <laughs> <laughs> but uh i don't think that's entirely accurate <laughs> oh okay what i what i hate about uh this song actually i i like the sound of the acoustic guitar and i like how they make this acoustic riff almost yeah you know what i mean bum, the acoustic bum, bum. guitar sounds cool yeah. in this song but it's very much yeah three days grace you know what i that's mean what, that, yeah that's this is the acoustic. that's exactly it yeah but then it goes into like the rocky chorus what i hate is the uh the, the midi like strings in this song oh my god that overtake oh man everything. me too they're so just like it's the, <laughs> okay when i think the three slow songs on this album i think this song a photograph and i think uh far away even though like if everyone cared i would also throw on that but that was later i'd yeah. say whatever so i'd say like these three songs are the main ones i think of for whatever reason those two other ones are have just better production to it i think like i feel like saving me the chorus it's just kind of like it those those strings i think really bring the song down do i think it's so distracting those strings that uh the synth percussion in the last like i said they go down to the soft chorus right there's like that in the background but also the fucking piano in the outro is so unnecessary and it sounds like someone went to the (laughs) pop setting on like a mid-level casio keyboard and was like this is it this is the one (laughs) and if everyone cared uses the exact same fucking sound and i'm like if that's an electronic piano fine like it's a vibe but why why do you have to do that like it's so unnecessary in this song this is not a piano yeah. song no and it's, it's supposed to be yeah. the thing is it has the acoustic riff and that's what was like 
the cool part of it. I feel like if they clean change some parts of this, this could have been a better song. But yeah, I don't know. Could it's do one it. of the biggest songs off it. So I feel like this song is like like I mentioned that early aughts edge lord kind of thing. I feel like this is the one that really does it. Like mm-hmm. it's like the sad like brooding. Th- this was like the precursor to like emo brooding <laughs> like early aughts like Nickelback invented emo. It's like what comes after 90s edginess is like edginess, but now it's sad. It's the same. It's like the two directions that grunge goes in where you have the Alice in Chains rooster direction or the smells like teen spirit direction. And this Mm -hmm. one is like going deeper down the rooster hole. This one is very, very (laughs) different. It's on a very different edgy level than animals, though. You know, he's not leaning into the macho-ness. He's leaning into the... The soft sadness. Tragic. I, like, I'm so deep and sad. I'm locked. Dark. I'm locked in this prison. This prison that's full it, of sex freaks. <laughs> it paints another picture of who Chad Kroger is, though. Do you not agree? How yes. All these songs kind of painted a different flavor of Chad. That's true. And, and this is the one that's like to appeal to the ladies specifically, mm-hmm. I feel like. Because it's like, yeah. you can fix him. He's a bad boy, but you know what? He's got a heart of gold because he's Canadian and we're all nice. Oh, completely. <laughs> True. Yeah. Yeah. But he's from Alberta, so. <laughs> yeah, so he's... He's a thumbs down. Actually, here's a fun fact. It's probably Just totally, uh, I'm not totally unrelated. So I was curious because what I totally thought, you know, I was thinking about Pantera and I thought, you know, Pantera is one of those bands that likes to wave the fucking General Lee Confederate flag you know, that bullshit. And then I was like, Nickelback could right. totally be one of those bands that's like a fucking like conservative. Like, oh, right. Yeah. And so I Aren't looked they? it up. Well, so I looked it up and Chad Kroger's uh, grandfather was actually a Russian immigrant who was a uh, member of the progressive conservative legislature in Alberta in the 70s. And then I tried to look up chad kroger's politics and the only thing i found was him being like yeah i don't get into politics and i'm like probably a conservative that's yeah absolutely it yeah all the right we, reasons we just make music <laughs> can i say that again Doing a I just deep get... dive on chad kroger <laughs> well i had to you know that's our nickelback <laughs> right wing extreme right wing nickelback cover band <laughs> God. Yeah, our fan cast where we're all just like, oh, I hate immigrants, but I do love bringing over those Canadians. I don't hate immigrants. I just hate illegal immigrants. They're so different. Oh, my God. They're not they're not illegal if they come over here to perform. That's work. You just have to make sure you have your fucking you P2 gotta make sure visa. You've been driving black on black, brother. But not back in black. <laughs> Run back in black, brother. All right. Let's uh right. let's get off of Far that. Away. But probably at least Chad Kroger's probably he's probably the fucking he was no never mind, I won't say that. No, it is Far away. Far away. No. All right. He was the one who devised QAnon. <laughs> Fact. He's the he's the one that put all those kids in those fucking Wayfarer cabinets. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Chad Kroger's a lizard person, but I think he works for lizard people. <laughs> I don't know that fucking picture that I saw. Well, he got replaced. He looks like if a lizard tried to dis- disguise themselves as a human. Okay, so you think he, he's he got a replaced person. by a lizard, and that's why his teeth look well, better sometimes. I mean, he was married to Avril Lavigne, and Avril Lavigne is definitely actually died and was replaced by somebody else. <laughs> You've heard that conspiracy. Look it up. She's if a you... lizard person. She's a lizard. Oh person. yeah, 
She's from Napanee, Ontario. She's got to be a lizard person. I <laughs> <laughs> got him. Local. Oh, local. That was great. Track yeah. six, Far Away, Nickelback, All the Right Reasons. This song feels like someone told Nickelback that they needed like a hit love song, but it can't have any sex in it. Like, no. <laughs> you know. You know. <laughs> no innuendo. This one is a good like rock radio ballad, but his voice, this one is like the country rock one. It's the it's the weird twangy thing in the chorus that, yeah. Yeah. I it does have a good key change though. Yeah, yeah, it does. I think this one for me as a kid, I really liked Saving Me because I was into like edgy Three Days Grey stuff. And <laughs> I really didn't like this song. Like as a kid, yeah, I'm like too emotional. I'm like I think too too legit. Yeah, it was this one didn't do it for me as a kid. But listening revisiting it, I was like, you know, I would rank this one above Saving Me, but below Photograph for the ballady songs for me. Yeah, for sure. But I think yeah, for sure. I think something about this song always the chorus the. Loved you all along thing always remind me of 4 a.m. by uh, Our Lady Peace, another Canadian band who yeah. kind of that song was pretty big in Canada and came out maybe eight years prior. So I always kind of was reminded of <laughs> big in Canada. What are you gonna say, Alphonse? <laughs> um, I, I think this is like one of my least favorite on the album. Like, like Saving Me is or sorry, Saving Me is definitely worse, yeah, yeah. but like this one is just so like. Okay, like this is one of the few songs on the album I think I would call like kind of a slog. Yeah, like that's, it's definitely a slog. Yeah, absolutely. It's just been like, it's like, okay, they didn't, I don't think they introduced anything. Like Saving Me was a different kind of ballad than Photograph, but then I don't think they really introduced anything that was super different with the song. It was very just kind of phoned in, I think. Yeah. Yeah, Totally. This one actually, see, this one is more stripped down instrumentally than Saving Me, but I feel like it would have been bolstered and been improved by having some of those, like having some of the weird MIDI strings and shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, some more elements I think they in took, the song. They took a misstep with the production of those two songs, and if Saving Me was a more like stripped down, if it was a little bit edgier, the edgy rock ballad. Yeah. And this was like the real soft pop rock ballad. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, you know? I agree with that. That's really that's I didn't think of that. That's really good though. I'll produce the next Nickelback album. Just call me Chad. Don't call me Chad. <laughs> call me, comma, Chad. <laughs> I got some good ideas. <laughs> you could say I'm the next contestant for the producer of the next Nickelback album. Yeah, Chad Kroger's gonna rip your head off. <laughs> I hope so. Is that what song we're on now? Next contestant? Yeah. This one's great. This one's fucking it rocks. <laughs> this song is so dog shit, and I it's so funny. I I think this song is funny. I really like it. This song is like some like pose law shit, where like I wouldn't believe that this is a real song if it wasn't in the middle of this Nickelback album. I agree. You couldn't put <laughs> totally. this album. You couldn't put this song anywhere else. You just kind of kind of have to be like, why? <laughs> you just kind of laugh like, it's yeah. Just- also not a single. Yeah. It's just all about how he wants to like he he's like waiting for people to like harass his girlfriend so that he can beat them up and he's like excited about it. I wish you'd do it again. Yeah. Like and it's like but it's so just like is that your hand on my girlfriend? That's the chorus. Yeah. Is that your hand on my girlfriend? Is that your hand on my girlfriend? Like and this is this is like paints another picture. <laughs> it sounds like one of those fucking, you know, 
high school bros with a big truck being like, are you touching my fucking girlfriend? We've been (laughs) together three whole months. She's mine, man. She's mine. Oh my God. And it seems like- Is the girlfriend a a waitress? I think she's a waitress. I thought about stripper. Then I thought about bartender. There's there's a DJ. I think she's a waitress. They mention a DJ. I think she's a stripper. I don't think so because it says, I judge by what she's wearing, just how many heads I'm tearing off. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. That line just really hit me. I like the vocal effects on this one. I feel like I remember there being some weird, like, warbly. Yeah, there are. Yeah. Lots of, uh, yeah, like flange. Yeah. There's, okay, honestly, I haven't mentioned this. I feel like, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't take a whole lot of notes on this one, but I feel like in general, this album had some interesting produced guitar parts, I think. Yeah. And some songs, they would kind of just be like, if a, if if a song was very one dimensional, I feel like I really noticed they would be like, okay, what can we do to make the song less one dimensional in, yes. in some of the heavier rock songs? So I feel like they would just make like a certain guitar part, like instead of it just being super heavy the whole time, it would be like really phased out or something for a second be a filter it was some weird yeah. filter then it would come back in and hit you again so there's lots of drops like this album kind of hits you in the face a bunch which is i yeah, always like yeah. stuff like that you know see they like you've been getting more into more and more into production andrew and i think one of the things that they like to do on this is um they like to use a wah effect that's not played it's like wah wah plug in drag click mm-hmm automate it so it's like wow wow that doesn't sound real it doesn't sound like it was actually performed which bothers me a lot but going back to the stripper thing no i don't think she's a stripper um because i don't know people get people like legitimately get in trouble for touching strippers yeah and it's like every time someone's grabbing her ass blah 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 but it's like if you're a waitress i feel like you're subjected to that a lot more because nobody pays attention yeah you don't have like security guards i feel like chad kroger's never been to a strip club You don't think he's ever been to one? No. I think he's just kind of picturing what it would be like to have a girlfriend who's a stripper and he's got to fight him off. Maybe he's the security guard. No. No. Okay. There you go. Maybe. I don't think so. (laughs) I think he's the singer of Nickelback, dude. Dearest Chad. (laughs) No, but I mean, (laughs) in the perspective of the song. I I think knowing Chad myself personally, I don't think he would (laughs) take that perspective. Yeah, you're right. He he doesn't seem like the type of person to consider other people's viewpoints. Let's do a poll. I'm going to put a poll. I'm going to make a note right now to make a poll on our um, social media. What profession is Chad Croker's girlfriend working in this song? <laughs> That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, that'd be excellent, actually. We can follow up on that in the next episode. Yeah, and we'll get we'll get our followers to weigh in. Yeah, I, I tried to find some stuff about like some interviews about this album. I found the most stuff about him talking about photograph and he said it was very much from a like a personal um, point of view sort of thing. Like this is a real song. Like, he genuinely like, was digging through a bunch of photographs to find this photo, which is real. Like his producer or something, Joey, something had like a Stanley Cup looking thing on his head. So the, the, like all this, like the photograph was like a song he wrote from like his own perspective. So I don't know like if the rest of this album it's also from his own perspective because he was really like, you know, I don't do this all the time, but this song was really, I think it resonates with people because it's very personal and a real thing. So I don't know if he did that. Like, I want to know what other songs in this album were like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. This one. Definitely this one. Yep. This has to be one. It's written in such a way, Alphonse, you're absolutely right, like the Pose Law thing. Like, it's written in such a way that it has to be legitimate. Yeah, yeah. 
these are his feelings right and i mean if you just look at the the rest of the tracks like pick one you know animals or fight for all the wrong reasons or someone that you're with that we're going to get to those all kind of converge to make the message of this song more likely than not to be yeah they all paint a picture like those songs all paint a picture of the same kind of dude you know do you agree it's kind of just adding different oh for sure different small facts you know about this guy you know what i mean yeah do you know like this song this song is a visual one too because you definitely just picture this guy at like i i pictured this bar in uh concicon as a kid in concicon ontario for sure huh when i listened to the song as a kid why or just what i pictured a bar look like because i'd seen that bar that makes sense. you probably if i don't know if you guys visualize just some dude chad kroger fighting people in a bar that's what i visualized (laughs) as a kid for sure just tearing heads off Although, you know what, this song does have one good redeeming thing in it, and it's that fucking, like, proggy-ass bridge. Oh, yeah. It's like some drop or something. Oh, yeah, it? yeah, yeah. It's, a pan- it's like a Pantera breakdown. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's like a metal, that's the thing. It's like they keep all these groove metal tropes very alive in their music. Yeah. They get it. It's weird. Well, speaking about Pantera, um, Side of the Bullet, or side of a bullet, rather. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Do you, you guys know what this one's about? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tell the story. You got it. Oh, yeah. You tell the story. And then I have a response. Well, Devin probably knows it better than me. So. Well, okay. I mean, so Pantera was a metal band that we've referred to a bunch of times. And basically, their guitarist, who was in a different band later on after Pantera broke up, uh, got shot in the fucking head on stage by a paranoid schizophrenic while performing at one of those shows. And the song is about that guy who shot him. Um, but also, I don't know if you knew this, Alphonse, that Chad Kroger and Dimebag Daryl, Pantera's guitarist, were going to be in a band together with Jerry Cantrell from Alice in Chains and Vinnie Paul, Pantera's drummer, who's also okay. Dimebag Daryl's brother. It's gonna be the weirdest fucking like super group, super group that you've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's and a shame. that just didn't pan out because Dimebag Daryl got killed. But can you imagine that happening? That would have been kind of sick. That would have been fucking sick. And so the solo on this song is actually a Dimebag Daryl solo that was made from uh, outtakes from Pantera solos from... Vulgar Display of Power. From It was from between 91 to 93, apparently. So this song, the solo is... Yeah. The solo outdates the song by 13 years, which is really huh. interesting. So does that mean they wrote the song around the solo? I... I thought about that too. It must be. It does like the whole song is supposed to be kind of like an homage to Pantera's style for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. I think it's tuned lower as well. Definitely. Yeah. I think most of it's in like drop C. It would it would actually be a, a quarter be a quarter step below C sharp standard, probably. No, no, no. But I mean the I know that the the Pantera tuning, but I mean the rest of the album oh, I think is oh, in drop yeah, C. Yeah, I think it's in drop C, sorry. I, except for the, the right. pop songs um, are in standard. Anyway, they play in Pantera tuning. Yeah. Who fucking cares? I, if you're a musician, you're like, oh, that's neat. If you're not, you're like, shut the fuck up, guys. Yeah, they've already turned off the podcast. <laughs> I think what was cool is because the Pantera was known for being like playing a very out of tune style, like not in a, they were in between notes kind of thing. They weren't out yeah. of note. Yeah. So I think it would be really difficult to record a song to a in between note demo of a guitar solo <laughs> from the 90s that's what i am um, i wish huh. i knew it was 2005 you could pitch it up yeah fair 
Hmm. It could go either way, depending on like how much they wanted to make it. They could have tuned down to match him or they could have tuned him up. But as much as they wanted to make it a tribute, it's like, okay, let's do the fucking quarter step tuning. Yeah. Probably didn't do it. Uh, It doesn't really sound like it. Anyway, it's a good song. It's very just like, I'm going to kill you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Here's the thing. The production on this, it still has the big wall of sound guitar production, but it sounds more like Pantera in that Mm -hmm. you can't hear the bass. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> on all of these, you can hear the bass, but this one has like specifically Pantera production on it. It really yeah. is. I feel like the vocals are produced differently in this too. There's less auto tune. There's more yeah. grit, a bit more like distortion and stuff. Like it's more kind of like, like it's a bit more like gravelly in a non just his voice, how it normally is kind of way, you know. It's literally a a, a death metal song. Yeah. Right? It's about death. Until he's like, uh, how could you do it? Wah, wah, wah. But <laughs> uh, how could you kill him? It's like, you, you got to kill him. You shot him in the fucking head. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I, I anyway. listening to it this time. I think I definitely picked up on how much the song itself was influenced by Pantera, opposed to just the solo, which I picked up on before, but. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like the ref was called. Cool. Yeah, it yeah. sounded like it was a, Pantera riff for sure. Yeah, got the I squealies in there. Yeah, and I always wonder how like well known that is too. Like it's really kind of <laughs> no one associates Pantera with Nickelback normally. So well, yeah, fucking yeah. at least four more people know it now. Yep. <laughs> Thanks to us. Yeah, now Joe knows it. <laughs> Joe. Joe. Hey, Joe. We've also recently, uh, very recently, just hit a hundred followers on our Instagram. Wow, nice. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Follow our Instagram. Yeah. Thanks to that. At Follow is this art good? Anything else to say about side of a bullet? No. Eh. Not eh. really. Yeah. Uh, but what if everyone What's cared? Next? Yeah. What if they did? And nobody cried? <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> that would be the day that no one died. If nobody cries, nobody dies. <laughs> that's that's Quick, what Chad's guys, saying. I figured it out. I figured out how to solve everything. Stop crying. Oh, I, okay. I feel like this song is like the precursor to what the future Nickelback song will look like. Every, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Every, I feel like every ballad Nickelback has released after this album sounds like on par with this song it's more socially aware and like open like open up your eyes and see what's going on like it's on the verge of being kind of hippy dippy and that's that's what makes it so fucking out of place on this album yeah and it's funny because i'd I'd almost rather i almost prefer the edginess like this is such a there's so no edge there's just no edge to this whatsoever that makes it such a just a soft it's a circle it's edgeless and it's also like toothless. <laughs> like it doesn't it doesn't lay down any like any ways for the world to be better. It's just like just what if everyone cared and like what does that look like? Like it's it's like if someone wrote a really yeah like lyrically wise. It's like someone wrote a really shitty version of Imagine and was just like uh yeah. I mean countries may or may not have borders, so I'm just not going to touch on that. Um, but what if everyone just cared more? You know. <laughs> Yeah, you're That's so really right. I'm looking at these now like this is the best. Oh, no, you saying you saying it's like imagine this is it. This is the, the last like verse slash bridge. <laughs> and as we lie beneath the stars, we realize how small we are. If they could love like you and me, imagine what the world could be. 
Yep. It reminds me of uh, Insane Clown Posse for some reason. Like miracles. Like miracles? miracles level. It's the same level. It's the same like disjointed. Yeah. Imagine yeah. we were a piece, bro, and the world was good <laughs> stuff, dog. If everyone cared and nobody cried. But we killed all the scientists loved. because they all lie. <laughs> <laughs> let's make a fucking let's make a fucking rap remix of if everyone cared oh and sell it absolutely chad chad would be like this is how i market to 2020 remember what i said about the rap uh single that i'm gonna release when impossible kid hits 100 oh fuck yes well if this if this hits 500 plays i will release a rap <laughs> version of if everyone cared yep Amazing. When this when this episode hits 500 plays, so share it, tell your friends because I'm gonna do it. He's gonna Perfect. fucking. I would do love it. that. I'll even make it 2010s like triplet rap too, if you want. Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> if everyone yeah. cared and nobody cried, if everyone died, if everybody died, oh. <laughs> the Don't wicked give witch it away the too much. Yeah. <laughs> God, fuck. That's so fucking good. <laughs> I think I've had a problem with this song forever. <laughs> and I don't think I realized what it was until you basically brought this up a couple songs back. Yeah. Um, it's the keyboard. <laughs> sound. It's the pop setting, the Casio pop setting, man. But there's like a layer of acoustic guitar there. If they leaned into the saving me acoustic guitar thing and cut uh -huh. that piano out, it'd probably yeah. sound a bit better. No, but see, this is the thing. This song is the piano song, so it works better. Yeah, that's fair. And this, so you the strings take the work guitar better. Away. In, I think the strings it, work better in this song too. Well, if they just would sure. use a fucking acoustic piano, mm -hmm. you can still have a really poppy produced grand piano sound. You're Nickelback. You can afford a grand piano for five hours to record this song. <laughs> like fuck off. But instead, it's like I can't. I can't even specify what the sound is. It just sounds like pop setting. Go to a fucking YouTube and Google Casio pop setting, and you will see. What's what's interesting though is to compare this to other like at the time so like mid two thousands piano soft pop rock bands I would say like Coldplay and like the Fray yeah you know what I mean both yeah. those yeah. bands have good sounding piano sounds and they're because they're, they're imperfect it, it's real acoustic sounds I think that's it and it's because it's just like this layered like something about it is so but there's no if they leaned into the electric sound even more but it's like they want to make a fake acoustic sound you know that is the thing yeah oh it's just bad no but that's not the thing because even uh. if you're using an electric keyboard you can get a better acoustic piano sound out of that than this yeah i feel like it's the roadrunner records clean metal thing though i don't think there was a real acoustic uh, piano anywhere that's you know? what it sounds like it sounds a like a metal piano a metal piano like unlike unlike soft unlike you know soft transition tracks or yeah. something where it's like this fucking like and then it stops and it's like pring. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely yes and it's like it doesn't really have weight to it because the rest of the music has weight to it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's the problem with it. We solved it. Solved the Nickelback production problem. The song is not great. Now they'll call you. Now they will. <laughs> Someone that you're with? No, I'm home alone, actually. I like the riff in this. <laughs> this one has almost the same. Do -do, do -do, do -do, do -do. It's almost the same as um, 
animals. That's the same beat. Yep. But what I think is interesting about this one is the guitar sound in this song to me was totally different than the rest of the album. Yeah. It's got like a country gallop thing going on. Oh yeah, this one is the one that's like it's weird and not it's like crunchy instead of chunky. Yeah, it's yeah. not a metal guitar. Yeah. It's a more like alt rock guitar. Like this song was more three doors yeah. down to me than Nickelback. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is great that uh, you say that because their drummer was from, from three doors down, down before. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah, this one I I think this song almost kind of the chorus too. Down, down, do, 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 do. It reminds me of like bare naked ladies, <laughs> like ma- maroon era. This oh weird. I kind of see that. Hot take. I hated this song. This song sucks. The song does kind of suck. I think it sucks, but I think it's like it's almost just like it has something that's just like a bit nicer about it than anything else on this album. It's I think because of that, I go. I forget it. I will always forget about the song until it comes on. And then you go, oh, yeah. It's refreshing. All right. <laughs> in the album. This is, well, my problem with this song is that it's like, it's between, right? It's between the rock ballad and mm-hmm. the heavy metal shit. Yes. Somewhere in between. And it shouldn't be between. You have, for this album, you have to pick one. And it being by itself is like, uh, what? But then it's also written by like full grown adults. <laughs> they were 30. Doing the math, they were 30 when this came out. Yeah. And it sounds like it's some middle school shit. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm pacing by the phone because I hate to be alone. And if you're out there with him somewhere and just about to kiss, then God, I want to be that someone that you're with. (laughs) It really sounds like they wrote it like years ago and just like kind of dug it up and we're like, oh, let's make a song out of this one. Yeah, it's very lowest common denominator appeal. It is. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's no there's no link to click on this one on Wikipedia, so you, we, I can't immediately find out more. <laughs> yeah, for good reason. Yeah, but this was this was uh, tied for my least favorite on this album. I think the reason the song exists is the producer was kind of like probably picked up on the sameziness of all the other songs and was yeah. like, we need another filler track that isn't the exact same. So how can we kind of? There needs to be something to bridge the gap here. Yeah. Maybe. I, I do appreciate it as like kind of a refreshing track, but it's also like it's right before the end. So what are you refreshing me for? Like to get me ready for it's just like, okay, here's the last song after that. Well, and that's the thing too. Mm-hmm. It's getting you ready for something that's also stylistically different from everything else. Yeah. And yeah. isn't similar to this song. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe that's why they put them at the end, because they didn't know where to put these two songs. Oh man. I could well, see, see that. I think that uh, I think that Rockstar is a good album ender. Actually, I, I would agree. Fair. Do yeah. we want to go into that one then? One second. <sighs> yes, let's go into Rockstar. I'll have the quesadilla. <laughs> <laughs> don't, hey, don't be harping on Billy Gibbons like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just thought it was goofy that he's ordering a quesadilla. I think it's great. So I, I won't say that this is the song that broke Nickelback, but this is the song <laughs> that shattered Nickelback. See, I I remember, I think, ooh, maybe the first time I heard this song, it was at a community dance in Tweed, the white building at the fairgrounds. Oh, man. And it came on, and so it would have been 2005 or 2006, right? This is when it was on the radio, and I was like, what? 
in the world is this? This is the worst fucking thing. And listening to it now, it's like, yeah, it's a tongue-in-cheek. It's like, let's have an ironic look at what the life of a rock star is, right? But then it's like, no, but you're actually living that yeah. life, presumably. Like, you aren't, you've already been successful. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, we're from fucking tiny, tiny towns. People that liked the song were like, yeah, I want to be that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And nobody understood the irony of it, mm-hmm. which makes it all over just cringy. And I think the point was supposed to highlight that maybe this isn't what rock star life is like. You know what I mean? I think that's, I feel like that's what it's supposed to be, but I don't truly know, you know? So I like this song mm-hmm. and I'm going to lay out why. Like, please, it, it's, it's very clearly like very tongue in cheek. And I kind of like that as a, as an album ender, it almost feels like a, like, like it's like a musical number or something with like all the sound effects and everything. It feels very like music mm-hmm. videoable. Um, but like it's specifically the fact that the lyrics go from being like, you know, excessive to talking about like, like it ends its, its last verse on like uh, lip syncing being like basically the worst thing. Like if you look at the song as like, becoming more and more morally dubious as you succeed as a rock band. Yes. Like the last straw is lip syncing. And I think that that's like interesting as a way to end it when like they've been talking about like doing drugs and like all this other stuff. Like I, I don't know. Following women. I think it's, I think it's a fun song that like is very tongue in cheek and like, you know, that, that can be kind of shitty in its own because like they are living that lifestyle but like i don't know i don't i don't hate it for that because i'm i don't expect nickelback to like be held to some moral standard no i mean i i love tongue-in-cheek songs um this song is kind of is very similar to beverly hills by weezer yeah yeah Mm -hmm. right and i think i think this is very great because we have talked about how disparate twice removed and all the right reasons are but a comparison that we made with both albums is to weezer yeah yeah and you know beverly hills that's where i want to be oh yeah it's where fucking pools swimming pools and movie stars man that's what it's all about right yeah i i am fine with irony i love irony we're talking about my double entendres earlier yeah but this song it's because of the way that it was received i think Mm. which maybe isn't fair to the song itself. Yeah, I agree. So you make a good point. Yeah. Yeah, it's very tongue-in-cheek and just, like, funny. I think I enjoy the song more now, having perspective on it. Like, definitely it was, like, overplayed to death. Oh, for sure. When when we were growing up, for sure. I hate his voice on it. Yeah, and it's, like, this song is the twangiest one, and I think something about this song, I feel like it's in, like, a completely different key than the rest of the album, you know what I mean? Like, it's in, like, yeah. a very, like, uh-huh. bright, twangy... And it's very groovy. Like, it has, like, this, like, kind of swooping rhythm to it. To sway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like I want to use the word, the chords in it, and, like, when it ends, that last kind of chord is kind of, like, relief. You know, like, not, not even just, like, relief, <laughs> this album's over, but there's some kind of, like, oh, this is nice. And you kind of almost, again, forget where it started because of how this album ends yeah 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 and you know what that's interesting too because that gives the impression that you know there is this kind of 
linear progression to the album that, you know, it really flows between... It doesn't flow between styles. There's two styles, which we've talked about. And then there's this song, which gives that impression, but that's it. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. And this one, I wouldn't even consider a ballady one. It's just... It's not. It's not. This is a pop rock song. Yeah. Yeah. And there's definitely nothing else on the album that really sounds like this, but... Yeah, I think I think it does what it does good. I think this is one of the better ones on it for sure. Yeah, I think you're right. So is it good? Uh, so I guess I'll go first. Yeah, sure. Why don't you go first? So this is really interesting. I think this album is a five. It is just like perfectly in the center of the scale for me. Um, okay. Because... Something that is, like, middling, like, is, you know, objectively, like, in the center. Like, I feel like that is actually not worth giving a five because I'm rating this as, like, how is it objectively to view it as an audience member? Not as, like, it's it's hard to phrase, but I feel like all art should either be trying to do something new and, like, create something new. Or, like, view something at a new angle. Yeah. Or it should be doing something that has been done before, like, in in a better way than it's been done before. Right. And I, I do think that this album, like, it it is slightly better than doing nothing. Like, I, f- I feel like this kind of, like, moved <laughs> the scale for, like, what hard rock can be. Like, this, this made hard rock overall a bit heavier for a while i think and like maybe not this album specifically but uh nickelback in general right compared to other early 2000s hard rock or like yeah yeah like it brought more metal elements into it. mainstream hard rock anyway. yeah and i think for that i would give it slightly better than middling like and, and it's engaging like it has like like you're never there's maybe like one point in the album where you're like okay, this is kind of like a slog. But like, for the most part, it's like, you can just put that on and it'll play through and you'll be like, yep, that had some parts that I was like, okay, this is pretty good. But it it never really breaks free of that like middle or slightly better than middle ground. Like it's just, it's just a five. And then for my own scale, I would say that it gets like a four because I'm going to knock off points for just like, being really misogynistic and like very macho which just like isn't my thing and i think is like kind of bad to a degree yeah that's fair um but yeah i just think it's interesting that it's this is the center this is like absolutely not base or acidic it's just absolute there. zero yeah <laughs> it's water yeah it's just on the milk scale you give it water <laughs> <laughs> sure fuck it <laughs> <laughs> no it's because it's milk. okay for people who are lactose intolerant this is one percent milk but that's supposed to be at the bottom no the bottom is like powdered it's, milk that has too much water it's in fat it content though right it's fat content yeah 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 but like skim milk has less fat you know yeah powdered milk that has too much water in it definitely has less fat maybe it's maybe it's two percent so it's like one percent okay wow yeah yeah <laughs> do I go second? Yeah, I do it. Okay. Yeah, so for me, I mean, you know how we've talked a little bit about there being instrumental versions of albums on Spotify and stuff? Yeah. 
I would listen to like the heavier songs on this if I had instrumental versions. Sure. I was like, yeah, these fucking, some of these riffs are cool. There's a lot of like interesting timing stuff going on. And I, I thought it was generally a very entertaining album. Um, but his voice absolutely kills it, uh, destroys it, murders it for me. Not kills it like, ah, fucking killed it, dude. <laughs> it's bad. Sure. Um, and the lyrics are worse. Yeah, the lyrics are incredibly cringy. So it's interesting that you give it a five because all of the, like, it got a five basically across the board from like every rating <laughs> thing. Yeah, just critically. Um, like two out of five, two and a half out of five. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and I'm going to give it a five objectively. <laughs> um, and I think that that it would be higher. But the lyrics are really, really bad. Yeah. Musically, I think like they have a lot of interesting songwriting skills, even though structurally it's all the fucking same. There's good like um, flow to the lyrics, but the lyrics, the themes of the lyrics are bad. Yeah. The rhythms and the melodies mm-hmm. that they use are all super, super interesting. But I would be way happier if he just wanted to scat for 40 minutes. <laughs> like. <laughs> If it was literally I'd be like, yeah, put that shit on. Like, why not? Can we just make so, that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Once it gets to a thousand plays, I'll release the scat version of animals. No, the whole song, the whole album. animal scat. And <laughs> <laughs> the picture, the picture is just a rhino with like a fat shit next to it. <laughs> Anyway, so I'm going to give it a five objectively. For myself, I actually, I I enjoyed listening to this. So I'm actually going to give it higher. I'm actually going to give it a a six. Yeah. I was going to say 5.5. I'm going to give it a six. Um, that seems about right. Which seems weird because I only gave Sloan a 6.5, but they're very different levels of, they're different, they're different realms of sixes. <laughs> Very. They can't really be compared. I wouldn't compare these two albums to one another, so I'm not doing that. Exactly. Right. I'm just giving this a six. Fair. Beautiful. So yeah, I, I'm gonna yeah. I'm pretty much kind of with there with you guys, like all the same stuff. Like definitely like there's so many so many points on this album where it's just like the lyrics are just like the whole way through, really. Just it's just an absolute five. <laughs> the lyrics are just bad, I'd say. I'd say I don't know. I think objectively I'd give it a six because of how much if that that is truly to me, I think like that and like some of the production choices like really like bum it down. But like if you can just take it in and just be like, I'm just gonna <laughs> I, I'm just, just gonna, gonna listen take to this in and just have fun with it. I th- thought it was more fun than I remember. Yeah. Like there's something that I just kept okay. rolling to it. I would objectively give it a six. For myself, I would give it a seven. Oh man. Ah, a little higher. I just had a little higher fun. And I think honestly, because of how much I enjoyed photograph this time through, that definitely bumped it up like a whole point for me. Like that yeah, song yeah. now I'm like, yep, this is, this is, <laughs> this is wait okay. Photographs a banger, but I just, photograph is a good song, but you know what? I just realized something. So Alphonse gives it a five and a four. I give it a five and a six and Andrew gives it a six and a seven. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing with something that's rated a five. Is it good art? I mean, 
And this is what we're here to do. And I, I, we haven't had something that was this fucking in the middle before. Now, it could be easy to say, if it gets a pass, it's good. If it gets below half, it's not good. That's not so easy throw to it the say fuck out. But this, this is what this podcast is for. So let's figure it out. Is this art good? I, I'll open up this debate since uh, this was the one assigned to me. I would say this art is. It's... It's not, I wouldn't say good. Wow. Because I don't think that good should be like, like satisfactory. Like it's just like, it's fine. Like it's functional, you know? Right. And it's engaging yeah. enough to that you'll listen to the whole thing, probably. But I don't think it like crosses over into good. I think that that for me is like, I would say like 6.5 and up is good. Okay. Maybe even seven and up is good. I'm going to I'm going to retort. So we talk about assessing the goodness of art as does it accomplish the thing it set out to do? Right. Which is something that I like to default to when I'm refer- when I'm figuring out is this good art? Right. Right. Now, what what does this try to do? Andrew said, you know, this this tries to paint many different pictures of the lyricist as a as a person um it also tries to be like a little bit sexy you know and a little bit mysterious and a little bit emotional a little bit soft i think it tries to sell records yeah that's what this tries to do does it do it yes Yes, it absolutely sells records but does anybody think that it's a good thing to exist not really no not 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 the majority of the, you know, there are Nickelback fans. So this is so difficult, right? To say, yeah, it accomplishes the thing it wants to accomplish. It certainly communicates and paints the picture for you. And anybody listening to this is going to get that image. So I'm going to say, yes, this art is good. Here yeah. we go. I, I, would, I would say that there's a, like, you can't always go back to like, um, does this accomplish what it sets out to do? Because like, there are cases where it's like, Oh, this art just like, wasn't made for the art of it. This was made to make money. And like that causes an issue there, but like, you know, it's, it's uh, I think it's a good thing to fall back on, but it's not always flawless. But this is the question. Like, did they just make this to make money? Probably not. Like it was the kind of art, the kind of music that they wanted to make and the message that they wanted to put out in the world. Yeah. But they're they are also doing it in a way that is sure to sell. Yeah. Same way as ACDC. Yeah, for sure. Really? I think they you care know. about the the music a bit more, maybe. But what do you think, Andrew? I feel like for whatever, I don't really have a whole lot to explain why. I would say it's That's okay. Hmm. You could just say whether you think it's good or not. I would say I don't think it's good, but that doesn't mean I don't like really enjoy it. And it's not <laughs> even in like a way I enjoy like this the Mario Bros movie. Right. You know? yeah, right. Because I'm like, I'd say that's not I would say that's I it's not like an enjoyable thing, but you almost watch it to be bad. Sometimes this yeah. you can really just be like, this I just and this is fine. It's just fun. There's just parts to it where it's like <sighs> yeah. there's things I like on it, and it's it's fine, you know. So yeah. I'd say it's it's not good. But I enjoy it, you know? Yeah. You're so fucking right about that too, because this, oh, I'm going to have to change mine because <laughs> this is not, 
I would never listen to this as like that good album. Yeah. Yeah. I no, would that's be okay. Like, that bad album. <laughs> And if I would say that, then I think that it's bad. So it's bad. This is so hard. I'm so conflicted. I can't, I have to make a decision. I think to some degree, it's like, this is kind of why we have the scale that's like objective and non-objective. Like, I think that subjectively, you enjoy this album, but objectively, you do not. Like, yeah, that's fair. But subjectively, I just enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and I think that's why it's like, I, I think I think there's sometimes oh. an issue of tangling enjoy and uh, engage with as like being the same thing. Yes. You know, like someone who is gambling or something, they're going to be engaged. But like, are they enjoying it necessarily? My, probably not for most of the experience. Yeah. But like. Right. And, and similarly, it's like, is this a thing that you leave on because it's just like easy to listen to? Or is it? Something you really enjoy. Yeah, I hear you. Mm-hmm. I think what was cool about this album is I think a lot of people after this tried to do things very different from this. I feel like this definitely influenced some bands that came after it, but I feel like it mostly did the opposite, if that makes sense. It disinfluenced. I feel like some them. people picked up on the Nickelback tropes. Like I feel like some, I think picture bands we listened to in like 2008. Devin, like Bullet for My Valentine and those kinds of bands. <laughs> they were heavier yeah. bands who were able to lean into more of the poppy side, I think, because bands like Nickelback kind of bridged the gap for Did them. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like this also kind of killed this thing that started with like Creed. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot. There's there's not many other bands that sound like Chad Kroger after this. The record. Yardle bands or whatever I think you called right. it. The, the Yardle bands. <laughs> I like that term a lot. Well, let's leave it. Let's leave it there then. I want to say that this is this is. Uh, it's open it's we're sort of leaving it open-ended but also we've given a fairly definitive reason why so yeah one more one more question for you guys which did you enjoy more twice removed i think i think but, i enjoyed well, nickelback more i enjoyed nickelback more but i like twice removed more yeah i think i enjoyed nickelback more but twice removed is better yeah which is why we have both ratings I want to first of all thank Andrew for joining us. This has been great. Yeah, this has been for having very me. entertaining. It's a hoot. Um, <laughs> your band is Enrights. Is there anything that you want to say to people? Use yeah. our platform yeah. for good or evil? Oh, yeah, I guess so. Um, so, uh, two days ago, our new song, Still Worth Talking About, was released. I wrote it last year in August 2019, uh, started recording final versions of it. In March, then the quarantine hit, so then we took a long time getting around to it, and we're finally releasing it now. Go listen to it on Spotify. That's Enrights, E-N-R-I-G-H-T-S, on Spotify and Apple Music, YouTube, all that fun stuff. Nice. Yes, all Ooh. of the same places that we that you can find. Is this art good? Rate, review, subscribe, etc. And send us an email and tell us what you think of All the Right Reasons and twice removed two very different albums so thank you very much take care we will see you with the third part of our dream daddy uh i mean the third part of our guest special with andrew dream daddy (laughs) our dad triumvirate i am the dream daddy